Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Do you know what you represent to the continent and what do you think this title, those two trophies, mean to uh, the continent? Mm-hmm. I know. Obviously, I represent you know, uh, my country, my both countries, Nigeria and Greece. Um, a lot of kids from there, um, but not just from Nigeria, from the whole, whole Africa, whole Europe. You know, I know that I'm a role model, but uh, like this should be should make every every person, every kid, every, anybody around the world to like believe in their dreams, you know. And no matter like what, whatever you feel when you feel down, when things don't look like it's gonna happen for you, or you might not make it in your career. Might be basketball, might be anything. Just believe on what you're doing. Keep working, you know. Don't let nobody tell you what you can be, what you cannot do. You know, people told me I can't make free throws. I made my free throws tonight. <laughs> And I'm a freaking champion. I made them and I'm supposed to make them. You know, but I'm joking. Um... All right, I'm rolling. Whenever you're ready to go. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? How about we can just Listen, watch basketball? Sean, over on the right. Giannis, um, when you first started playing basketball, ready? did you ever think a moment like this would happen? <sighs> Good morning and welcome. The NBA season is over. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions, and we're going to break it down here on a special Daily Ding X, the athletic NBA show crossover. My name is Jared Weiss. I am joined by the bearded legend himself, Dave Dufour. Dave, we just witnessed history. How you feeling? Uh, I mean, look, I, I, I just got to say, I've never seen a game like we just watched out of a guy um, on that kind of a stage. The the stats that Giannis put up tonight, are they speak for themselves, but I think they don't say everything about what he did. There aren't enough defensive stats to show the story of what he did defensively and the amount of force that he played with on the offensive end. I, I mean, it's kind of what we've been calling for out of Giannis the entire playoffs. It's what we've gotten the last four games. And this is an all-time NBA Finals game performance. I mean, it's just incredible. I was about Can to introduce Keith here? Parrish, uh, who just watched. <laughs> Go for it. Because I want to say... 
I want to say to Dave, he's like, the stats don't cover. The stats kind of do I mean, they do, but still don't. You're saying we've never seen this? That's correct. No one has ever had 50 points and five blocks in a playoff game, at least in the basketball reference database, going back to 83-84. In our, yeah, in our basketball watching lifetimes, Dave, we've literally never seen a player in the playoffs have 50 points and five blocks to do it in a closeout finals game. Come on, now. You know, while we were watching this game, all right, I'm thinking to myself, the, the last time I saw a guy, one guy just looked so determined in, in a game like this was Draymond in that game seven oh, that yeah. they lost. You guys remember that? One I mean, of the of best course, games right? I've ever seen. Just epic. And that's nowhere close to what Giannis did in this game. I mean, just pales in comparison. Uh, and also Giannis basically single-handedly wins the title for the Bucks in this game. I mean, he scored 51 of their 105 points. So just he finished with 50 by the monster. way. He missed that last free throw. But sorry, 50, 50. tied yes. Bob Pettit for the most points scored in a finals elimination game. Literally, it's the best finals elimination game there ever, basically. It's you guys forgive me for for saying 51. When you shoot free throws like a Giannis Antetokounmpo does, um, you know, you just you assume. Just assume. Yeah. I mean, seven. Just, yeah. This is the the, the like one of the more impressive things to me was the 17 of 19 from the free throw line. Um, you know, we all know that the counting has been happening all, all, you know, playoffs and he, he struggled from the line. This was like just a, a crazy way for him to lock in hitting all of his free throws. Just it's, I don't know. I'm kind of speechless about it. Cause it's, it, it was so, it's so unexpected. It, I'm with you there. It was just a tremendous performance and the way it occurred. I mean, obviously the amount of points and the fact that he seemed to come up with the big play whenever he needed it in the fourth quarter, he kept blocking Devin Booker's shot and then he kept getting the offense. He was going directly into DeAndre Ayton's body. He was going straight at Jay Crowder. He was doing kind of the shack moves where it's like, listen, I'm just going to miss this shot, get the rebound and then lay it in. Cause you have a small guy on me. And then he did a couple like Dirk Nowitzki, like spinning 14 foot fadeaway kind of thing. Like he did all that. He shot 90% from the line and he had to, like he had to, as a Suns fan, you have to be sick. The Suns themselves, you know, to blow the two O lead in this series and to know we were in this game. Like it came down to the final minute, even with Giannis putting up this monstrous performance, like a performance for the ages, they still had their chance. And if, if Giannis doesn't go 17 for 19 from the free throw line, you know, they, it's they hard to win. believe that the Suns, who were getting their asses kicked in this entire game, basically, especially in the entire fourth quarter, were still right there up until the end. I mean, this game was a re- we were sweating this one out, and I don't know how because Phoenix's offense completely fell apart under the pressure of Drew Holiday, PJ Tucker, Giannis, who they were putting Giannis in the pick and rolls. He eventually figured it out. And also he was just like blocking everything that went up essentially. But Milwaukee, Giannis was, had literally one of the great games ever in this game offensively, but the Bucks defense overall was absolutely astounding, Dave. Very important though, that we mentioned to start this game, nobody on either team wanted to touch the basketball. Okay, this was it started out like a game that actually mattered. And, and, you know, it did. Right. Like, that's what we expect in those moments. But then Giannis, that first time out happens and you see the Bucks start coming. You see Giannis turn it on almost like uh, not quite like that early second win that he that we see him get. But there was something there in that timeout that got him to come out and be aggressive and play with force. So 
you know, their defense was great, but a lot of that was the Suns shooting themselves in the foot, bad turnovers, overpassing, which the Bucks were doing themselves early on. The Bucks righted the ship sooner. Um, I, I still think, look, Phoenix having the lead that they had coming into the third quarter, you probably do feel sick. But then you go and look and it's like, all right, well, the Bucks shot 22% from three for the game. You probably feel way worse. Because you should win those games. And, and, you know, Phoenix didn't shoot the ball well themselves. But, you know, I I think that they could have easily won this game in spite of what Giannis did. Yeah, it's amazing when you look at the shooting stats. Both teams made six three-pointers. Like, there was 12 three-pointers combined from both teams. Both teams combined was this 12 for 52? I mean, the shooting wasn't there at all. Maybe it was nerves. It was just the the moment. It did feel like there was good defense. The referees were being a little bit more physical. And also, we have to credit <laughs> Scott Foster defeating Chris Paul for the third consecutive time in the playoffs. I have, to, I have to thank this man because literally let thinking. him speak at the post game podium. This is a big night. Thirteen straight wins is nothing to scoff at in the postseason. But like this, this game. The shooting, yeah, the outside shooting, and it became this kind of like basketball brawl, like like the old Nintendo game, uh, Billy and Beer basketball. Oh, <laughs> like, it, was- it was it was just physical in there, and in a physical game like this, you had everyone with bad shooting percentages. Except Giannis, who was the biggest, baddest I, man who no one can I got to just stop you. You're completely wrong. It was much more of an arch rivals feel out there, Keith. Okay. I mean, like, get your get That's your fair. references straight. Uh, you know, yeah. you're right. It, it, this series actually was very physical and a little bit of a throwback. It was also really close. And, and, and I think overall, I mean, one of the more enjoyable final series I can think of, you know, and, and with a compelling cast of characters and, and new characters, which is kind of cool. I, I, I really enjoyed this, this whole finals, but uh, yeah, I think the sun's probably not feeling too great. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> You, you got to feel kind of sick. Say, speaking Sorry, of ahead, introducing Jared. characters, I feel like Bobby Portis was making, he was like that, that young teenage heartthrob making their debut on a major network sitcom in the eighties. So he's, he's becoming a big star. Can't wait to see who gives him the max this off season. I mean, Bobby is, he's never going to pay for a drink again in Milwaukee. I think Drew holiday said they had to give him the key to the city, but he's just such a viscerally entertaining player to watch. Obviously, the slow-mo replays of him with crazy eyes was great, but he was so impactful in every single role that they wanted him to be in in this game. And I, I kept waiting for the Phoenix to just figure out how to attack him. And, I mean, maybe I guess they tried well, but he just really held up. And that was, I think, the biggest difference for Milwaukee was just that they went with that eight-man rotation and everybody, well, Jeff Teague, obviously, you know, NBA champion Jeff Teague, I should say, um, as someone who covered him at the beginning of this year, and he was horrendous, and I have no idea how that's a sentence now. Uh, but, you know, the eight-man rotation with Portis and Connaughton, it really worked really well, even though Connaughton and P.J. Tucker combined for 0 for 5 from the field. Yeah, you think about Portis, who, like, he had it going on tonight. Like, Pat Connaughton had been great the rest of the series. Tonight, he's just kind of a mess. But them finally ceding some of those P.J. Tucker minutes just to Bobby Portis, I think, was very impactful in this game. And then you have Portis as the character, as the guy who's totally redeemed himself. This guy, when he was on the Knicks... I mean, he was essentially an NBA Twitter punchline for the past couple years, and now he plays this crucial role 
on the Bucks, on the championship team, and in this closeout game was absolutely huge, making all kinds of big shots and just giving that energy, just giving that little extra spark that the team needed. Well, and you mentioned holding up defensively. And I think that that, I'm not going to say it's an understatement, but it undersells it a little bit because he was really, really stout in moments that they just needed him to be stout. And yes, he jumped a lot of passing lanes and he missed, but he created like he was playmaking defensively here and there as well. Uh, a little bit of Bobby Portis chaos went a long way in this series, but but also having a guy like him who's a willing shooter, a pretty good rebounder, and and, and a big body. He just really played. It was like the perfect guy coming off the bench for the Bucks in this series in particular. It was almost like they could have they could not have handpicked a better person. It, he also just demonstrated those offensive chops at that fourth quarter when, when things were getting really, really tight. Middy, we entered the fourth quarter, runner. tied 77. Yeah, yeah, we tied at 77, and he does that. Like, he pump fakes the three. He steps in for that mid-ranger, and it's just like, hey, this is the fourth quarter. We're trying to win a championship. I'm going to make a 20-footer because <laughs> this is the shot well, I can make, and this is the shot I have right Bobby, now. Bobby, he heard they needed the third star to step up, so he just did yeah. it. <laughs> It's funny, speaking of third stars, like Drew Holiday had a terrible shooting performance, but the heart that he provided, that the do everything in his game, all the assists he got, 11, the yeah. defense he played, the harassment of Devin Booker. Devin Booker, if you guys want to talk about him, not an awesome, like lasting impression of Devin Booker on, on this season. No. But like Drew Holiday, despite not making any shots, like gave everything he had. And again, that's credit to the the Bucks. Who went for it? They gave all these picks and all these pick swaps to get Drew Holiday, and it's it's all validated. Like they got their title. Like it's all now. Whatever happens after this, who cares? Like they did it, and uh, it's just. I mean, what a moment for, for the city and for the franchise, for the coach, for Giannis. I'm sorry, I'm a little giddy right I, now. Honestly, this, I don't know. I feel this way anytime I watch, you know, uh, uh, any kind of championship ceremony. I don't care who it is, right? It's cool. These guys work hard for a really long time. It's cool to watch people, you know, be at the top of their field and and, and be celebrated. And, and but in particular, I don't know, man. First of all, it's Giannis and just the guy that he is, like the human being that he is, and the player that he is. And I mean, there might not be a more honest player if that makes sense. A guy who like you know knows to the grindstone. You don't see him flopping a ton. You know, it's just. It's a little bit rewarding to watch that, but in particular, the relationship that that he has with Chris Middleton. Um, I mean, literally, those guys made me cry watching watching them because it's it just I can, I, you can relate, right? Like, uh, I don't know. This is going to be maybe a wild reference, but I always think about the show Justified, <laughs> and these guys dug coal together. They dug coal together in Harlan County. And, I mean. What did they have the first season that they played together in Milwaukee? How many wins? Yeah, it was 15 wins. Yeah. And that's funny, Dave. So maybe we're, we're a little older than Jared. Maybe he wasn't as emotionally moved by, by the postseason ceremony. I, too, wept. Like, I cried. When Giannis at the podium yeah. said, Chris, Chris we, we did, did it. it huh? We fucking did it. That made me cry. Like, I was, was, I was so moved. It's incredible because this franchise, you don't see it a ton in the NBA where they actually, they they were terrible with Chris 
and Giannis, and they were like, all right, we're going to build around these guys. And they climbed the mountain with those two guys as their best players. I know they, they traded all this stuff for Drew Holiday. They've had other good players come in. Brooke Lopez has been amazing. But, like, to go that whole distance from Giannis being drafted by the Bucks, him turning it into an MVP player, and him having this, like, sidekick the whole time who's also an all-star, to then, like, ascend the mountaintop and win the title. And then Giannis with his, whatever, the purity of talk, like, just the way he's so likable and he's so raw emotionally, and he's just like, we did it. Stuff with his brothers. I mean, oh, he's just, you know, he's just so likable. And, and, and it's nice, honestly. It's nice to watch that guy win. Um, I really enjoyed it. And, and to do it the way he did it, I mean, what an exclamation point. So, I, I, right. And, and I don't want to go into the legacy talk, but this guy is 26 years old. Holy crap. <laughs> Having an all time finals performance. Uh, but, you know, I'm all time career. Yeah, I, I wanted to make sure that we waited until we saw the trophy ceremony to start the show because. Yeah, seeing Giannis get this was really one of the ones that you wanted to see in recent memory. Um, I mean, I try to be objective as I can, obviously, but for me, this one was personal in my experience in that I sat down with Giannis for a story, I want to say like five years ago, something like that, about Point Giannis. It was, I think it was early in the season of when Jason Kidd was trying to turn him into a playmaker and I was just so tantalized by this possibility of this seven footer that could handle the ball and attack and play make. And I just saw him as this new vision for how the NBA could work. And I think what's funny is that so much of that, of the interview that I did with him and, and kid and just doing that story was about how he could be kind of a primary on ball initiator and running pick and roll and stuff like that. And I don't think it's really materialized quite in that way, but he has still found this way to be almost like a new revolution of the kind of classic power forward operating from the high post. He's handling from whether it's out on the perimeter or they're sealing him off and he's attacking from the post. He's just found this way to just barrel his way through defenses and still be a really smart passer with good vision and just have the tenacity where you just admire how he is kind of honestly taking the game back from the far swings of the spread out finesse style that it was. And this finals, what was so great about it was this finals was like clogged up in the lane and physical. And sometimes you were getting lost in the trees. And yet Giannis was the one emerging from it every single time. So he just has this aesthetic. It's it's a combination. It's a blend of aesthetic beauty and brute force that is just so rare right now in the NBA. LeBron was kind of carrying that mantle for a while, but he's doing it in a unique way. And then he is such a spectacular person in this way where he has this genuine sweetness to him and this like silliness and this humbleness to him that yeah. is so unique for an athlete of that you know elite pantheonic stature. So to see him have that, to see him have that moment where he's sitting on the courtside seats by himself crying was just so it was one of the best shots we've seen in years in these moments. You know, I'm a well-known basketball blasphemer. (laughs) um, So I'm about to, to say something blasphemous, but, but I think you guys will get it. I mean, we've podcasted enough together that you guys kind of understand how my brain works a little bit. And and Giannis, I I compare him to Shaq quite a bit. He's really the only guy that's like him. Um, But what's funny is when you talk about the aesthetic, when he faces up, I think about Olajuwon. Now, 
he doesn't have the jumper and the, and the touch that Olajuwon had. He, he doesn't have that whole bag of tricks, but he has the power that Shaq had. And when you get that body in motion, I mean, Shaquille O'Neal and young Shaq, athletic Shaq, is about the only guy that has that sort of force that I've ever seen. And, and you know, I, I, was, I think I was like, what, 92? I was 11 years old when Shaq came into the league. So, you know, bear with me if my memory escapes me here. But it's the only guy I can think of that had that size. And, and obviously Shaq was bigger and Shaq was slower than Giannis is. But, like, to combine speed, quickness, power the way that, that he does. Shaq's the only guy that comes to mind. But then that Olajuwon stuff comes out when you see him face up. He could put the ball on the floor. And, and you know, we talk a lot of hypotheticals. I think this is what Shaq would probably have to look like now if he came out, right? He would have to look like Giannis. He would have to play like Zion. He'd have to play like that kind of guy. And so, you know, it's fun to kind of think about that stuff. But Giannis is one of one. And, and as many times I try to make a comp, I fail to because the stuff that he does is so unique. And in particular, in the, today's game, it's so unique that it's hard to really like put a pin in it. I, I like the Olajuwon comp in the sense that I felt it tonight where maybe Olajuwon, he wouldn't do it off the dribble, but he would face up a, a great center. He would, he would be guarded by like a David Robinson, an elite defensive center, and he'd face him up and say, listen, I'm going to face you up. I'm going I'm to I'm fake you out basically and get a layup through my skill and my moves. And Giannis normally needs to get that run up, but it was the same thing where DeAndre Ayton was helpless. DeAndre Ayton is a terrific defender and Giannis would get him basically backpedaling a little bit and then he would do some kind of move up and under and get to whatever layup he wanted and I feel that and Jared it's funny going to the thing you were saying about how like back in the day they were like well, let's make it a point Giannis and they still try to run their offense through him but it's basically he's just using brute force I think the Bucks can get better because like their half sucks. court offense this whole series <laughs> sucks. It's, it was terrible. It was just like please, it was please, you know, Chris Middleton save us in the half court, and he did it again in the final two minutes. He had a big shot when it was I think it was a four point game, knocking back up to six. It was really funny on the broadcast. Mark Jackson said uh, the Bucks are not playing hero ball; they're trusting their system. <laughs> their system is, hero is Chris ball. Middleton hero ball. <laughs> it's like like their half court system is Chris Middleton. Please save us again. And Chris Middleton, we haven't mentioned Matan. I mean, other than like him coming up with Giannis, he had another huge game, uh, you know, to be that whatever that that co-star along with Giannis, and he's carried them whenever the game really slowed down and grinded to a halt. He's been basically the only guy the Bucks could lean on to get the buckets, and he came through. So okay, but before we should just make sure that we kind of recognize everything Giannis did in this game. Uh, he had a drive straight over DeAndre Ayton with a little, I think under four minutes left that was coming at a time where he had his hands on his knees a lot, looked like he was completely gassed and he just kept reaching in and just finding more and more energy in moments where you just didn't think he could. And between that and the play where he tried to get that seal underneath and like Mikhail Bridges and they he just like turned and slammed right over Kaminsky, who was still in the game for some reason. I know Aiden struggled, but still uh, between that, the, the play where he almost dropped the ball and then picked it up and hit that floater hook shot from like 15 feet out. I mean, Giannis did every single type of Giannis move essentially this game. He even hit a three. Um, I mean, he did, he did yeah. everything imaginable. <laughs> oh, after the, hold on. After the little, like behind the back dribble. That's right. Three. Um, and it was smooth, man. Like, he was, 
it's funny because he was totally intense and locked in, but he also oddly looked relaxed, right? Like it was almost, I don't know, man. He was in the zone. It's the only way to describe this it. This was the game where he was he, in the zone. I think we saw a little bit earlier in the series where he would spin through traffic and he would look a little worried that he was going to get trapped. And then tonight he was just spinning through the trap and going up over it and finishing. And I don't know why he doesn't do that every game and average 45 points a night, but I guess there's a reason why people don't average 45 points a night. But he's he's certainly as 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 pretty much as high as you're going to get in, in basketball right now. So, okay, so let's move on to some of the other guys. Chris Middleton, you know, there, I feel like we were talking about, or I shouldn't say we, but a lot of people were talking about him like they overpaid him when they gave him the max deal and that he wasn't good enough to be a number two. And Hey, I don't know. Maybe it has to do with KD's foot being on the line and then that's not winning the series. And that's how they got here. Maybe it has to do with just that. Like the Hawks weren't putting out much of a fight, whatever. That's not even true. The Hawks weren't necessarily on a talent level, whatever it is. Chris Middleton went through these playoffs and clearly played at the level that you need to play next to a historically elite player to win a championship. And that was just incredibly gratifying to see as someone who is, I think he's just, he's such a mechanically sound player. It's someone that if you're real, a real basketball X's and O's uh, player development fiend, you really appreciate just how technically sound of a player he is. I think Middleton is one of the guys who is just a perfect fit Literally anywhere on any roster on any team, you don't have to change a thing. It's one of the it's one of the only guys who you're like that skill set is portable literally to every single team. We don't have to adjust the team around him. I think he can just perfectly fit in. I guess that's what uh, maybe even Team USA is hoping well, the, uh, when when he goes and joins them. And you know the big switch was him was just shooting threes. It was replacing the 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 twenty footer with a twenty two footer. And it made all the difference for him. And this is why, you know, when when people talk about the death at a mid-range or whatever, well, it's just a smarter shot. You score more points for it. And just having him do that, not only did it give him more scoring opportunity, but it also creates more space for your dominant big man to, you know, get to the basket and, and all of these things. And so, you know, you're right. He fits anywhere, but he is one of the best tough shot makers in the league. I don't know how he does it. He doesn't really do the step back often. Um, He's just so funny about like timing that pull up where the guy doesn't know it's coming and he kind of cantilevers back. This is now the second time I've talked about the cantilever. (laughs) I can't, can't believe it. Um, But he does like, it's an interesting shot that he likes to take, but man, he sticks it when they need it. That running kind of like floating to the side mid range jumper that he hit to, to ice the game. I mean, that was that's Chris Middleton. That's what he has done for them in the playoffs. That's why they won the title. Okay, so I think we've covered most of the ground in Milwaukee. We have to recognize the Suns had an incredible run. I was lucky enough to cover a lot of it when they were going through L.A. And I think first off, Chris Paul, such an incredible, valiant effort. And then he ran into Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday was absolutely all-time great defensively in this series, I think. I I'm seeing some nods here in the Zoom, so I guess we agree. Well, he seriously outbigged him, sure. right? Like, he 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 leaned on Chris Paul a lot, and I think that that, that was the amazing thing, right, was that Holiday was so incredibly physical, yet one foul, again, in 46 minutes in this game guarding Chris Paul and Devin Booker. I just don't understand how he has been able to find this balance of being able to pressure these guys without actually ever getting his hand caught in the cookie jar. 
Yeah, he's had a few of those, you know, the the spectacular steals, the out on the perimeter steals, the ones like one-on-one on an island where it's like you see him pick Devin Booker's pocket in this game and then Devin Booker's complaining to the ref and then we see the replay from four different angles and you're like, nope, that was perfect defense. Like that was no hand check. That was no reach in. He just took the body blow like dr- directly in his chest, square of his chest, took Devin Booker's shoulder and then knows where the ball is going to be, knocks it away. He had some incredible on the ball defense. I mean, this Suns team obviously powered by Devin Booker and Chris Paul and Drew Holiday was tasked with basically always having to guard one of those guys and he rose up and it was the Bucks defense, you know, like being able to slow those guys down. Chris had a huge game. I mean, you said he was valiant and he was, he was, he was, did everything he could basically. And like, he didn't go out with a bad game or with a whimper. Like he did everything he could. It, it was kind of the other sons maybe who let Chris, Chris down a little. <laughs> Talking about Cam Johnson. Tell us who you really mean, Keith. Tell us who you really mean, Keith. Well, I mean, I think, listen, I've, I've been transformed into, into a Devin Booker believer and I, he's been awesome this whole playoffs. It was a tough run for him, but like the last few games, maybe it got in his head that, that, People were telling him you have to pass the ball more because he hadn't been getting assists. He wasn't creating for others. He wasn't having any assist opportunities. He tried to move the ball a little bit more tonight, but he had all the turnovers and like his shot wasn't falling. But the whole team, like the Suns whole team, the Bucks whole team, everyone in this game, no one was making these three pointers. So yeah, it, it wasn't a great moment for Devin Booker, but he's young and maybe this opportunity, he can take that and then maybe develop more, even more from there. You, you guys, uh, you guys think Chris Paul's coming back? I, I don't want to jump straight to that, but you know this is a finals team that's got kind of a decision to make. Point guard, um, you know, you guys think that Chris Paul's coming back, or do you think he's out? Of I here? would certainly max him. I wouldn't give him four years though. Um, but yeah, I'll give. I don't think he I'll can. Give, I'll, yeah, there because the over thirty eight rule. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll give him fifty million and go into the. Well, I don't know about Robert Sarver, but. Yeah, you, you should keep him around. He's so valuable to this team spirit. This team is going to have expectations. They don't want to falter. I don't really think letting him go is going to position them financially to make a huge pivot towards the future. And I would want Devin Booker to continue to play alongside him for another year or two because, I mean, hey, Book did have a pair of 40-point games coming into this one, so it's not like he completely faltered under the pressure. There are just a few games where he, uh, you know, where Holiday got to him and Tucker got to him. Um, but we, we've seen over the course of this playoff run that in his first shot, he's a little erratic, but the guy hits these highs so often that he has that level in him. And giving him another chance before he even enters his prime to play alongside Paul and make a good run, I think that's t- completely worth the investment and maybe even worth stalling your growth a little bit just to get to that next level. Yeah, I think Chris Paul, ha- I mean, he needs to stay in Phoenix. I mean, where's he going to find a better situation? I know Lakers fans are always like, we'll find a way They're to get him there. Him. There's no way to get him to the Lakers that, that, that makes any sense. And Chris Paul's not going to find, you're not going to find a better situation than playing beside Devin Booker and having DeAndre Ayton as a big and having these, like Mikhail Bridges still there. Like Chris Paul needs to stay in Phoenix. Phoenix needs to pay Chris Paul. Like, and I think that, I mean, this, this team needs to stay together. I think they need to build off of this. And I'm honestly, as someone who like people who follow me know, I've been cheering against the Suns. They need to stay together, though. They're good. They're exciting. They fit perfectly. And I think they can have a lot of future success if uh, if Chris Paul chooses to stay there. Just see what one last thing that has to do with the Suns and the credit the Bucks. The Bucks forced Jay Crowder into two isolations in crunch time. 
And I think that's the sad of the night, honestly. <laughs> the Bucks defense was so insanely swarming. And so that's why I'm not too concerned about Book having a tough night. Book did not have a clean look at a three until that one, you know, really at the end there where he had to hit that to keep the game going. And he, he, uh, he cranked that one. But that was like the first time that they actually caught Drew Holiday off on a screen and gave him that open look. Like this, this Suns team, they have the components in place to do it again. I don't know if Chris Paul's going to be able to hold up and perform at this level again after this. I mean, this is a super deep run. He's at that age where that could be it for him. Uh, we'll see if campaign actually turns into the superstar that we think he is next. No, I'm just kidding, but whatever. The point is the Suns were such a fun team to watch. Uh, this was such a great finals matchup from a narrative perspective, from a play style perspective, both teams were enjoyable. And we didn't really think we were going to get that with the way the playoffs are going. So I'm just, I think we can walk away from this, you know, this NBA season with a good taste in our mouths, which is a weird sounding phrase to end this year. Yeah, I agree. It's a, I mean, it's a, look, man, this was, this was a really fun NBA finals. And I mean, the best team won, right? Also, anytime you can end this series on a historic all time, great individual performance the 50 points unbelievable performance from our finals mvp Giannis antetokounmpo now i, I got a good taste in my mouth jared let's well, gonna do it for the nba season here on the daily ding athletic nba show dave dufour keith Parrish. i'm jared weiss thank you to everyone who has stuck with us literally every single day throughout the entire insane miserable nba season that at least ended nice we're going to keep coming back with more content throughout the offseason. That's the fun part about the NBA Finals ending is that really the season's just beginning when it comes to actual podcasts and writing articles and all that kind of stuff. So you can find all that stuff on The Athletic by going to theathletic.com slash ding. You can find all my coverage of the NBA and the Celtics over there as well. You can find all of Dave's podcasts. You can find Keith here on The Daily Ding. You can find The Athletic NBA Show where we have so many great programs that are going to be doing tons of great stuff as we head into the draft boys sign us off ding ding bucks and six Good night, boys. Great show. It's been, it's been a long journey, man. I've, I've, I've done it all, man. I've done it all. I did anything I could just to, you know, be on the court, just to, to be in this position. You know, I've, I've, I've not played. I've, I've, I've come off the bench. I've, uh, when I was 18, I started in the, the team. I've uh, went to the front office and told them to send me to the G League. I want to do like I've done it all. I've, um, I've uh, played point guard. I've only defended slash from the corners and everything, you know. And uh, my fourth year, I was able to lead as a bullhead. Like I've done it all. And uh, tonight it was just a. Uh, that's what I had to do tonight. You know, I had to do a little bit of everything. I had to defend. I had to rebound. I had to block. I had to do a little bit of everything. But people that helped me throughout this journey. John Hammond that drafted me and believed in me and believed in my family, brought my family over here, made me feel comfortable, made me feel like I was his son. You know, when I was uh, homesick and I was alone in the hotel, 
Credit to Larry Drew, Jason Key that came to the team and pushed me, told me not, do not shoot, but okay, you know, I, I develop other parts in my game, you know, get it to the rim, shoot the mid range shot, you know, just be dumb to get to the free throw line. And Coach Bud, Coach Bud believed in me, told me that in order for me to win, in order for me to be great, I have to trust my teammates. You know, I have to trust my team, I have to make the right pass. You know, I cannot be stopped, you know, and I gotta trust the process. You know, and uh, it was a, a three-year process, but we, we, we got it done. I want to thank all of these guys, and as I said, I've done it all on the court, I've done it all off the court, and I'm keep, I keep going, I can't stop. I can't stop, that's like my personality, I'm not stopping. Just as a quick follow-up, yes. when you resigned your contract, your extension, I'm sure it was with this in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.